0: The low FODMAP diet is good for some people, but not for everybody. So it's a good um, catch-all, you know, a good approach to start off with a lot of people. Just finding out what the, the root cause of the IBS is is, is, is helpful.
1: The information provided in this podcast is educational and not intended to diagnose or treat medical conditions. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health.
2: Today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast, we are talking about IBS, some lifestyle changes, stress reduction techniques, eliminating some of the trigger foods, a low FODMAP diet, and evidence Base strategies to improve gut health. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Gut Health Reset podcast. I'm your host, Dr. anne Marie Barter. And today, my special guest is Dr. Onyx Adigbola. She received her PhD from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and completed medical training at Columbia University and the University of Pennsylvania. She has over 10 years of experience as a pharmaceutical executive developing drugs for cancer, dementia, and other diseases. She's a board-certified medicine physician who's passionate about using evidence-based lifestyle approaches to manage chronic diseases. She has a special interest in gut health, and she is the founder of Casa de Santi. Thank you, Dr. Onyx, for being here today. I'm very excited to have you and um, and talk about some of these uh, things that you specialize in, which we'll get into in just a second. But thank you so much for being here.
0: Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited to be here and sharing um the excitement of gut health with um, <laughs> your listeners, right? Yeah. Tell me
2: what tell me what got you passionate about gut health. Um, and, and what kind of made you go in this direction to start holistically healing people's guts. Yeah, so
0: I my interest really started with my bro, one of my siblings who was um diagnosed with IBS and he had um he was having bloating and um issues after eating and then and that's why i realized you know i guess when it sort of strikes close to home then you realize really how common this issue is and even though uh, my background is in uh, medicine and um conventional medicine there i do understand that there are some limits uh, to conventional medicine and um we there are a lot of patients who have got issues whose, uh, who were not helped with conventional medications, and that's why it's it was so important for those patients and people like my sibling to um, have the um, have access to alt- alternative approaches that have been shown to work for gut health. And so that's when I got interested in exploring um, some of these um, alternative approaches, such as diet. Uh, for example, uh, he was on the low fodmap diet. And there weren't a lot of um, there weren't a lot of um, available products in the market at the time for him. And so I, I I we started off with the low fodmap diet, and then as I got um, more invested in the community and part of the community, I understood more and more um, some of the gaps, um, some some of the um, some things that are not treatable by Western medicine. And so how important it is to not just look at medication, but to look at everything holistically and at diet. Um, think of the mind god connection. And, you know, think of all that when you're treating people who have um, gut health issues.
2: Yeah. So I, I like that you mentioned the low FODMAP diet. I feel like there's, um, you know, uh, it's it can be recommended and some people shy away from it because it is, Incredibly restrictive, but it does certainly help with things like IBS and SIBO. So, um, you know, I think one of the, one of the biggest uh, comments that patients say to me on the low FODMAP diet is it's it's hard for them to to do it because it can be so restrictive. So, when you're working with folks, um, how do you encourage them? To continue, or, or how do you modify to make it a little easier for people that are struggling?
0: Yeah, that's that's such a great point because you're right, and a lot of people find it uh, very restrictive. And it's not just um, it's not just eliminating one particular type of food. It's you know it's a whole bunch of foods, and then you have to keep track of them. And then you know you can have the food, but then you can only have a certain amount. <laughs> so it it, gets, it it does get confusing for people. And so, and also one of the, um, one of the high food MAP foods is onion and garlic, for example, which is in so many foods. So it's, you know, just removing onion and garlic from your diet can make it, can shrink your diet ex- extremely uh, into a very extreme amount that can be very difficult for people to follow. Uh, so what we, so what we do recommend is, you know, for people who absolutely, cannot follow the low FODMAP diet or for people who want um, to try their toes, uh, you know, to, to start dip their toes in and try it a little bit and see if they can get some relief is something like a low FODMAP light where you eliminate the co- most common triggers like um, onion and garlic, um, you eliminate milk and, you know, gluten, um, wheat and, you know, um, all. although you're actually not eliminating gluten, a lot of products that have gluten also have uh, fructans that are um that are not that are high fodmap so you eliminate things like that you know a few pro, a, a few items like that that the most common culprits and then you work from there so that's a modified and low fodmap light diet now um and then also we provide a lot of resources uh, for people um uh, to stay on the low fodmap diet um there are apps out there that they can follow that make Following the Low for Map diet easier, so you know we suggest using that if you can. Um, working with a dietitian is always um, recommended, but it's not possible for everybody, and you know, and also you don't always have access to the dietitian um, when you need them because it's not like it's not generally an on-demand thing. So when you have questions, you know, looking at the resources out there and um, and, and, and and taking advantage of that is it's very helpful, and then also for some people, there's also a mindset part of it, you know, just getting their mind and encouraging them to continue on the diet because you might not see results immediately. You could fall back like any other diet, maybe one day, you you know, fall back on the diet and then you you get very you know it's like oh gosh you know I'm falling back on the diet it's uh, I, it's terrible like I you know I can't can't continue and stuff like that and so having a coach or, or somebody that can help with the mind but God aspects of it uh, can also be helpful so those are all, all the things that we recommend for people you know to try in uh, various situations just to help them get through the diet.
2: Yeah, it was interesting. There was a there was a study that came out in 2017 that was um pretty hard on the low FODMAP diet. And we definitely know that it works. You know, it's very helpful for IBS. And a lot of people naturally eliminate gluten and eliminate dairy. And then they notice some huge improvements when they will eliminate something like onion and garlic out of their diet, like the low FODMAP light light diet. So people just start to realize that. But there it, The criticism of this study actually said, hey, like you're you're changing the gut microbiome in a not so favorable way. Um, what's what's been your experience with that? Do you feel like that was is that a true because uh, that that's not what been what I've found personally?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do agree with you. There have been quite a few papers that have talked about that. Um and um, that, you know, there's a potential for changing the gut microbiome and it could be negative. And so I, I think, you know, for that, what I would say in that case is that, you know, what we should probably do is not, you know, it's not something, low for my diet is not a long-term diet. So, you know, not encourage um, patients to stay on it, right? Well, for, for at least for me, I feel that, you know, if you're not staying on it long-term and you just find out what the issues are and... You eliminate those foods and then you get back to your normal diet as much as possible. Then that's no longer an issue. So uh, as much as possible, we we'll try and emphasize to patients that you know it's a short-term diet. You know it's um, and if they do, if they do have effects, which I have, like you, I haven't really seen that. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, maybe taking probiotics would be helpful, but I have like you, I haven't seen that uh, that at all. And. You know, I expect for a lot of patients, it's just a short-term thing, and they will get back um, to uh, regular as much as the regular diet as they can once they've identified their triggers.
2: Yeah. So, um, so when a when a patient comes in to me with IBS, I definitely run a stool test and do herbs, which it sounds like you also treat supplementally with um some some supplements as well. Um. So. I, I think sometimes the criticism of just doing the low FODMAP diet is, are you getting to the root cause of the problem? Are you actually addressing what's really there? Um, so what's what's your approach when somebody comes in with IBS, for example?
0: Uh, so, yeah, so I, you know, when people have IBS, so I agree with you, you know, they are different causes. So, um, the low fodmap diet is good for some people, but not for everybody. So, just finding out what the the root cause of the IBS is is is, is helpful. Uh, the low fodmap diet is a good um, catch all, you know, a good approach to start off with a lot of people. And then, for some people, it doesn't work. I, you know, I, you know like they say, the studies are like seventy five percent of patients are helped by the low fodmap diet, and I do see a lot of patients who are not helped by the diet whose true you know whose triggers don't conform with the diet at all and um and so f- for those patients yeah you know they have to look at all the things so we encourage uh, work with our a um, group we work with the the patients to find out what other issues that can um, that can be causing the issues like you know a diary um, testing and all um, medications just to find out, you know, if it's not necessarily the low FODMAP diet is not helping them, what could be um, causing their issues and how could we help them? So um, yeah, it's, it's, I agree, the low FODMAP diet is not the end all and be all. And, you know, you often have to um, supplement it with other approaches.
1: Hey, this is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Have you ever spent hours searching for the right supplements to heal your body? And when you finally found them, Maybe you weren't sure it was a brand that you could trust or if the products were safe. After hearing about these issues time and time again, I decided to put together a complete store of supplements for healing and supporting your gut at dranmariebarter.com. There are supplements for constipation, thyroid health, gut health, energy, and so much more. There are bundles created for sleep support pain support, histamine support, and the list just goes on and on. These supplements I use personally, or I've handpicked because they've worked time and time again on countless cases in the office. And on the website, you can see what ingredients we use to put your mind at ease. If you visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com and use the promo code podcast to get 10% 10% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go visit Dr. Anne-Marie Barter and get 10% off your supplement bundle. Ciao. And now back to our episode.
2: What have you found um, in testing is the cause that you've seen, you know, and it's not only one cause, but what have you seen is, is a contributing factor to IBS? Uh, so i
0: so i think for a lot of uh patients um infection post infection ibs is um something that we often see um so that uh, apart from uh, not really knowing the cause because sometimes it's not it really isn't easy to find out or figure out what the cause of the ibs is um but um post um having post infection ibs is a, a huge one that we see um i would say that that's you know, out of all the causes of IBS, that's probably the, the apart from that. you know, they're always finding out what the cost is, that's probably the biggest one for us.
2: Post-food poisoning, what what have you seen most consistently? Post-food poisoning, I mean, some people believe that food poisoning is kind of the link. You get food poisoning and then you have post-infection post-after that. Um, what have you specifically seen? Um, yeah, you know what,
0: (laughs) that's interesting, like when patients talk to you, um, sometimes they lump in food poisoning and infection. They just know that they're feeling sick and they could, you know, so it's, you know, it could be an infection, it could be food poisoning. So they sort of lump it together. So I would just lump that, you know, together is probably the, the, the biggest, um, factor for us. Sometimes it's also linked with SIBO, uh, for some, for some, for some patients. Um, but I, I tend to separate, um, IBS and SIBO, even though for some people it's, um, it's um, it seems to me they sort of put it together it's the same thing in in the for patients in their experience is the same thing, and then you also have patients with IBD who sometimes have IBS symptoms, so that's another group. Uh, but I would again, I sort of think of that as a little bit distinct, distinctive um, situation.
2: Okay, yeah, and and you also say that you believe stress is maybe also a contributing factor and or or maybe even practicing some stress reduction techniques to help how do you feel like stress plays a role um in IBS
0: yeah i i you know for a lot of patients it's either it could be a flare it could cause flares or it's uh, or it can contribute to a contributory flare and so that's as we know the mind brain connection is there and so um having um Things that we feel, you know, the gut the god, the god brain connection, it's the the way through the vagal nerve. is something that often for for a lot of patients either causes um, a flare or exacerbates a flare. So we we do find that um, for a lot of patients, um, mind mind brain techniques, relaxation techniques helps. Um, just um, going through, even to some patient hypnotherapy. Even though we don't, we we don't offer that, but they, we, we do encourage patients when they need it to use hy- hypnotherapy, for example, and could help them by just controlling the link between the the brain and the gut, and um, and doing that will relieve or uh, relieve or stop um, uh, flares, so that that helps well, for patients we do, we see that.
2: Have you seen trauma be a link to IBS? Um, uh, they they have shown in the literature a link to sexual assault and sexual trauma as a result. And we know that IBS is more common in females and they do, I think they definitely have a higher likelihood of being sexually assaulted. Um, have you seen any link between any sort of trauma in IBS? So,
0: um, we
2: we haven't pers- I, I, we haven't seen that we I, we haven't seen that I would
0: you know think of that in sort of you know, attribute traumas to a stress factor mm-hmm. so um the, the, the trauma results in stress and then you know the patient just generally talks about the stress of you know maybe a traumatic event and the stress uh, from that and that and then then just generally increasing the level of stress that they have so yeah so uh i yeah certainly trauma linked to stress uh, resulting in stress can definitely um exacerbate and um i b s or even cause i b s flares
2: are there any stress reduction techniques that you think are uh particularly helpful for somebody experiencing um i b s issues um yeah, absolutely um things like meditation we
0: we we recommend meditation a lot. Um, Mind body relaxation techniques can help. Hypnotherapy helps. Um, I, I, you know, I personally experienced IBS when I was in a stressful job, <laughs> and um, I, I was very, I was, um, I was an executive at the at company, and it was an extremely stressful um, job. And I, I went to the ER a couple of times actually with this horrible abdominal, um, symptoms of pain, basically, and cramps. And they did everything, ultrasounds, um, testing and nothing was in on two, 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 two or three occasions. But once I left that job, the stress evaporated and I haven't had issues since. So I, you know, can certainly imagine, uh, being in a continually stressful situation can be, um, can be very, uh, very tough, um, uh, in in terms of causing ibs flares and um, exacerbating them so yeah the so we find the mind body techniques relaxation like i said meditation uh, very helpful uh, for such for situations
2: yeah i think you bring up a really good point um you know with the stress or being in a stressful job and having a flare and and to me it appears that a lot of people are under either stress from old trauma or stress from a continued like a job that is just highly stressful, or it's perceived stress, right? I mean, yeah. you know, like whatever you've experienced before, if this is kind of the upper level for that, it's too much. I personally, and I don't know about you, but I find that people are kind of addicted to their stress. Um, you know, so if somebody, you know, if you went to go get help for that and someone said, Hey, it would be a really good idea if you put your job, you know, on the first, yeah visit or the two, maybe the ER to, to see somebody. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, most people don't. I don't know if that would have been a step you would have made, but I think it's really hard for people to make that initial step. I'm not sure what your experience has been.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, it is. I agree with you. And, you know, in a situation of, you know, the last few years where people, and that's actually something else we've seen, where people have lived in a situation of constant stress with, with COVID and the pandemic and the restrictions, and everybody worried about the situation, and then, and, you know, and then the economy and everything. It's just mean it's right now a really stressful time for a lot of people of ongoing stress, and, you know, we have all, you have all the endorphins, everything, all the stress response at high alert, all the stress at response hormones at high alert, and um, yeah, can definitely, can definitely see that.
2: You also talk about um, evidence-based strategies to help with it to heal your gut and help with gut health? And I know that we've already talked about some of those strategies already, but what are some other strategies that are evidence-based to really help with your gut health?
0: Um, so we, so um, yeah, apart from the low FODMAP diet, if you're having issues and it's for some people, there's also an element of, um, Gluten intolerance or intolerance to certain foods or chemicals, which you should in the in food, which people uh, should definitely look at. And, and uh, if they're having got issues, and eliminate those um, from the diet. So um, there's the fail-safe diet, for example, um, the low histamine diet. You know, so there's there's quite a few um, dietary strategies that one could look at apart from the low fodmap diet um, to help with gut health. Um, also, probiotics um, in in certain patients could be helpful. Um, for example, if somebody taking um, antibiotics, for example, and you don't want to um, you don't want to clear out your gut bacteria, your helpful gut bacteria, and end up with um, um, something like a, a chronic infection. So, in in that case, uh, probiotics could be helpful. Um and um you know just making sure you take a lot in, enough fiber in the diet Um, uh, I think that's just helpful way that's just good um gut hygiene for everybody whether you're you're having got issues or not uh just making sure you're going you know regularly and that also helps with things like colon cancer um you know having a good diet getting rest and exercise drinking enough water getting you know staying hydrated um, uh, th- those are just general um principles that we uh, we recommend for uh, good gut health.
2: Awesome. Are there any topics that I didn't cover that you think are maybe important to cover on gut health?
0: I guess one thing I would say is, you know, I see a lot of people who have uh, gut issues or accepting them and just trying to live with them. So I would urge, you know, if you have um. Uh, you know, someone like diarrhea every morning, or you can't go out because you're you're afraid that it's going to be an accident, or you can't enjoy yourself um, at uh, with with people, and uh, your life is restricted in any way because of got issues. I will, you know, say you don't have to accept it. Uh, you can look for help. Uh, you don't have to. Um, if your doctor is not uh, your healthcare provider, is not taking you seriously, or you're not. Getting the help you feel you need, uh, you should look. You, you should look at for somebody else to help you. You don't have to accept it. And so I I th- feel that in the healthcare system that we have today, um, the way p- people have just like fifteen minutes or twenty minutes um, appointments with a healthcare provider, and that's just not that's just really not enough. If you, so for some people, if you have got chronic gut issues and you need uh, a provider, you know you need to look for the a, pro- a provider who has the time. And the um and the expertise to really um make sure that you get the help uh, for your gut issues and get to the root cause of your gut issues. So, uh, yeah, that's that's. I don't think that our healthcare system, as is, is necessarily geared geared towards um helping people with uh, chronic gut um, problems. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being here. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you?
0: Uh, yeah, so we we are at casadisante. dot um, and we're also on all the social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, we share as much um, information as we can on gut health, uh, just to help uh, people feel better.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, and to everyone else out there, thank you so much for listening and just. Shoot us a message, let us know what you want to hear more of, and we will uh, work on getting that on the show. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne-Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.